Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, folks? It's your boy. It is your boy, Long Beach Joe. And let me tell you, I'm coming off of watching the Seattle Seahawks just destroy the New York Jets 40-3. to Oh, you want to talk about a game that was uncompetitive? That's about as bad a game as I've seen the Jets play. I mean, we look like we did not even belong in the same stadium as that football team. And it was insane. Just completely insane. But we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk about that. We're going to get into it. I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. So without further ado, folks, let's go ahead and get into the show. I'm fired up. I am fired up. I'm trying to be. See, we got callers on the line. I will get to every single one of you. Please be patient. Um, <laughs> I mean, after a loss like this, after watching this, after watching us just get completely destroyed, you know, I couldn't wait to sit down and talk with my fellow Jets fans. I really couldn't. Salute to everybody in the uh, in the in the chat as well. All my savages, uh, if this is your first time listening to me on Blog Talk Radio, I also live stream while I do the show. Uh, so my chat, I call them the savages. Why? Because they're savage. Nobody's safe out here. Everybody can get it. <laughs> Everybody can get it. So, you know, be careful. <laughs> tread lightly. That's what I tell people. Tread lightly. The savages will get you. But salute to them. We'll get to them during the show as well. <sighs> this Jets team is atrocious. That's, that's, that's the best I can say. This Jets team is atrocious. I mean, they just stink on so many levels. It's insane. It's like just when you think that they can, can't can get worse, they do. And they look just bad. I mean, you boo them. It is what it is. Boom. You know? It's just insane. You know, the offense comes out early. The offense was terrible. It was so bad. So bad the whole game. The offensive game planning was terrible, which, again – the play calling, all of that stuff, we're very used to that being bad, but it was especially bad, especially bad against the Seahawks. The first drive, you know, usually resulted in a field goal, and then after that, things just fell apart. Nothing looked good. Sam, you know, he struggled at times during the day. Uh, he had some balls dropped. Perryman dropped one. There's a couple other drops as well. The offensive line imploded. You know, he was getting hit from time to time. Things just offensively look so bad. We're still running Frank Gore like he's a 24-year-old running back. That just, I just, I can't, I can't get over that. I, I can't, I can't stop wondering what exactly this offensive staff sees in running Frank Gore into the ground. I don't get it. You have two young backs in Adams and Johnson who have shown you, right, who have shown you that they have potential, that they have youthful legs, they can move, they can do things, they can make plays. We are in a full-blown rebuild, and we all know that. We all do. We know that we're not in a position right now 
to be competing for anything. Look at the record. We haven't won a game all season. You're looking for a spark. You're looking for some youthful, you know, some, some speed. You're looking for someone with, you know, better playmaking ability. Someone that's going to lift. You're also looking for, looking toward the future. You're trying to figure out, hey, who's, who, who can I build with? Who can I keep on this football team? Who's going to stay here to help me turn this roster over? What young, youthful talent can I keep around? And we keep running Frank Gore. We just keep doing that. We keep taking more carries away from our young backs. This is ridiculous. It's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. We, that alone, he should have been fired for that alone. You are, you're, you're hurting the future of the football team by doing that. It's just mind-boggling, mind-boggling. I was shocked that Crowder only had seven yards on the day. <laughs> oh, Perryman again plagued with drops. The defense, just going to defense real quickly, and I'll get to the calls in a second. The defense, I thought, had, you know, some issues, and the issues that we've seen. Uh, we couldn't get to Russell Wilson. We don't have a pass rusher. <laughs> Nothing new there, right? Couldn't get to Russell Wilson. He had a day. He had four TDs. I think he only missed like five or six throws the entire day. He was like 21 of uh, 21 of 26 or 21 of 27. Four TDs. He had 200 plus yards. I mean, DK Metcalf was able to do his thing, particularly against our young corner, Bryce Hall, who's still learning. He's a guy that's still coming around. You know, but we've seen, you know, some good things out of him. But again, he's a youth, youthful corner. He's inexperienced in certain, you know, spots. And, and DK definitely, especially one of these plays coming off the goal line, he just blew right by him. I mean, he put a move on him and, you know, Bryce Hall just couldn't recover. And he caught that, caught that ball in the corner in the back end zone. You know, that's DK for you. You know, Marcus May was able to go out there and make some plays, though. He tipped the ball away, actually got an interception. That's a guy that we need to look to keep here. Definitely for sure. He's a guy that we need to look to extend in the offseason for a fact. He should be kept here. But everything else, we just couldn't stop. We couldn't stop him on the ground. They had 174 yards rushing. Geno Smith was in by the third quarter. Let's be serious. Let's be serious. This game was over early, over early, and we could do nothing about it. Some of the worst coach football I've ever seen. But the cherry on top, the thing that really killed me, was Sergio Castillo, who was cut today, released. That dude missed three field goals. <laughs> I mean, just it just keeps happening over and over again, you know? We couldn't depend on him at all. That guy was missing kicks left and right. Just terrible. Terrible the entire day. This football team just, it's just mind-boggling, dude. It's mind-boggling. We just, we can't compete. We can't compete. If it wasn't those things, we also had a lot of penalties, too, defensively that helped extend their drives. Um, a lot of illegal contacts, pass interference calls, stuff like that. That hurt us as well. We were just, we just weren't, we just weren't in the same ballpark as this, uh, the Seattle Seahawks football team. We just weren't. We didn't have enough. And it showed. It really showed. And it's frustrating. And now we're seeing – you know, Sam Darnold start to get questioned constantly. Do you feel like you're the future as New York Jets? Do you feel like, you know, you should be here? 
Do you do you want to be here for the future? And he's having to answer these questions. He's doing it very, you know, professionally and respectfully. And of course, he believes that he should be, you know, the Jets, you know, starting franchise quarterback for as long as he can be. But man, the questions are really starting to loom. They really are. People are getting after him. People are definitely getting after him. So I'm going to get to the callers. Everyone, if you want to call in, it's 515-602-9639. Again, 515-602-9639. Call in. You know what I'm saying? Call in. We're going to talk about this. So I'm going to get to lines first. Go to my my buddy Elias here, man. Bring Elias on. Elias, I want to talk to you about this. Jets lost to the Seahawks 40-3, man. What are your thoughts on the offensive play calling? How did you feel watching us go out there and run Frank Gore, you know, like he was a young back that we have a future with? Uh, play calling wasn't as bad as usual outside of, you know, the Frank Gore stuff. You know, it wasn't great, but it wasn't, you know, awful. It was, that wasn't, you know, obviously the solely, you know, the only issue. But I don't understand, you know, the Frank Gore love. It's, it's typical Adam Gase, man. He's got his group of guys that he likes, and he's going to, play them no matter what. I'm surprised, you know, like Demarius Thomas isn't on this team or like uh, <laughs> Daniel Brown, the four-string tight end. Like, I'm surprised he's not the starter. This case has these guys yeah. that he loves. And, yeah, I, I'm not surprised, though. Yeah. But, I mean, are you blown away? And, and again, I want to thank you for calling in, but are you blown away with the fact Absolutely. that in a full-blown rebuild, right, in a full-blown rebuild, we're still running this guy and not – you know, doing our due diligence to make sure that we get the ball in the hands of Ty Johnson and, and Josh Adams enough to see what these guys have, especially when we watched the, you know, success that we've seen them have. We saw them have success last game. We were all shocked. We were saying to ourselves, hey, maybe we have a young, you know, tandem back system here that will work for us in the future. And then all it comes in and boom, all of a sudden we're giving more carries to Gore coming off a concussion. I mean, isn't this alone? putting the future of this football team as far as assessment of offensive playmakers in jeopardy? Yeah, man, I think a lot of it has to be with kind of the reporting structure. I feel like if it was a proper reporting structure, if coach reports to GM, GM reports to owner, I feel like the GM mm-hmm. would step in and say, hey, man, I want to evaluate these players. We haven't won a game yet. We're literally eliminated from the playoffs. Let's try these guys out because, you know, it'll benefit us in the long term. So I think yeah. if – if the situation was like that, I I still think Douglas should, if he's not able to, that's fine. But I think he needs to step in and be like, hey, man, I brought Gore in. And he just, you know, if you if can't get a case to stop using him, release the guy. You know, let, let him go. Gore talked about how he didn't want to, you know, end the career 0-16. Go let him join, you know, a winning team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's mind-boggling, man. And I want to go to, you know, one of the – one of the biggest questions I think for a lot of people right now, especially coming off this football game, and we're seeing Sam Darnold really get hammered. I don't think a, I don't think a lot of it is justified. I do think some of it, you know, some of the questions that people have, I could see the issues that they would have here, or have there, you know, especially when you look at the situation we're in this season, have not won a game. The offense has been very up and down, very herky jerky. Um, what are your thoughts about Sam Darnold at this point in your assessment of him? And uh, do you feel like he can turn that around at all? Because I know a lot of people that are saying, hey, these next couple games, to me, prove are going to prove whether he should be here or not. Is that where you are? Or are you a guy that's looking like, hey, I've already given up on him. It's said and done. 
what really annoys me is this New York media. Like they're you know give they're grilling Sam and yeah. Ace. They're just you know throwing softballs at him. They're not asking him. They're asking Sam. You know, you want to be here. This is the worst defense. What happened, man? And then Gage is just, hey, man, uh, what happened here? Got to watch the film. Okay, yeah, next question. Yeah. Um, it's just, Sam, man, I, I like the guy, but no. It, I think he can thrive somewhere else. But it, when you got, you know, a stud quarterback coming out this year, you, you got to, you know, you got to take him. And and when you got, and I don't want to get too, you know, into the offseason, when, you know, you got to decide Sam's fifth year option this year, I think, you know, it's an, Kind of it's get a new head coach in here. Let him ha- pick his guy if he wants to roll with Sam. Cool. I doubt that's going to happen though. Sam was Sam was terrible though. He you know he should have had like three interceptions. They were just all dropped. Um, and he played against like one of the worst pass defenses in the league, and they scored three points. Which I don't know. A lot of it's also on the kicker, but didn't score a touchdown. But uh, yeah, no. I, I think Sam's time. I think what I want to see him. I want to see him go to San Francisco and then either sit for a year or sit for, like, half a year, and I think he could really thrive there because you put with Kyle Shanahan, that's a, you know, really good offensive mind. And a good buddy of mine is a Niners fan. I'm just kind of had Sam Darnold going to the Niners for him. He's like, yeah, man, I'd, I'd be down to see that. So, yeah, so I, I want him to be happy somewhere else. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I again, you know, I haven't – I have yet to give up on Sam. I'm not a guy that, that's ready to give up on him, but I do understand the opinions of those that are – uh, for me, I look at the situation and I say to myself, like you said as well, you know, the just the offense as a whole looked really atrocious uh, yesterday. And I'm just wondering, like, you know, if we get a new coach in here, a guy that, you know, can come in here, implement a solid system that fits his skill set and allows him to do what he does well within the offensive system, I think that's where we'll see the best out of Sam Darner. And I think a big uh, indicator of how, how important coaching is. And, I, and, you know, we talk about this constantly, and I talk about this constantly, is uh, just looking around our division, right? If you want to see how important coaching is for a young quarterback, look no further than Josh Allen. We all, I, I as well, you know, and I still kind of feel like this, but, you know, he's, Josh Allen this year looks like almost a different quarterback than he it's looks phenomenal, from the day yeah. That we, from the, yeah, from the day that we draft, from the day that they drafted him, you know, until now. Look, remember when we were talking about he's a glorified running back, he's inaccurate, all these things, and people were saying, oh, yeah, well, you can't coach that. Listen, he's accurate this year. This guy's throwing the football around. They're chucking it around out there, and he's getting it to the targets, and they're making plays offensively. They're pushing the ball down the field. We're seeing this. We're seeing him become better. We're seeing him being talked about as possibly, you know, one of the top quarterbacks in that draft, or being the best. Some people can say he might be the best quarterback in that draft. Yeah, I think he's the best. Yeah. Some people are saying that, you know? At this point, they really truly are. So I'm sitting back and I'm saying, well, why is he in such – what happened? Why did he ascend so much higher than the rest of these guys? And it, it lends back to two things. One of the things is, you know, they, they brought playmakers around him. They put him in a great situation. Even early, though, the system was fit – for his skill set, they were running the ball, you know, it, it, they were running the ball and they were u- utilizing his ability to run the ball as well to really push him forward offensively. And even when he wasn't accurate, they kept working. The second thing is the it wasn't just the offensive play calls, but it was also the system and the coaching. His coaching is so yep. far superior to anything that Sam Darnold has here. Anything. And I yeah. think, <laughs> I say to myself, man, wow. I mean, hell, you look at the Patriots. The Patriots also teach you that exact same lesson. Coaching matters. 
Coaching matters. The reason why the Patriots yeah, are not so on a winning record with them. Exactly. And they, they've done that because of coaching. They've been put in positions to, to win games, put in positions to win Super Bowls because of coaching. It's coaching every single time with them. How many times have we seen players that look good on a Patriots roster, they leave the Patriots and don't look nearly they the same? Suck. Hell, there yeah. have been some players that have been good on the Patriots roster, they leave the Patriots roster and come back. They look, they look completely yeah. different away from the Patriots. Then they come back and look exactly like they did before. <laughs> I mean, what are your thoughts on all that, man? What are your thoughts on my takes on that, man? Yeah, no, it sucks for me, too, because I got to deal with, you know, where I live, a bunch of annoying Bills fans. Oh, look, Josh Allen. I'm like, you yeah. told me he sucks. I'm like, well, yeah, you know, he, he did at one at one point, but – but yeah, um, it just when you bring a new head coach in, I don't, I don't really see that many head coaches, especially you know with Lawrence coming out in this draft class, that are going to want to roll with him. Don't know. And the last thing I want is you know, you know the owners being like, oh, this is your quarterback, you have to choose him, or like this is your coordinator, you have to choose him. So I don't want to get you know, I, I that's the worst thing that could happen. But um, yeah, yeah, coaching is probably the most having a good head coach is probably the most important position in the NFL. Like that's not a you know on the field. Like, you see all these mm-hmm. teams. Look at the Chargers right now. That's a super talented team, but their head coach has been awful this year, and they're, mm-hmm. they're not winning games because of it. So, yeah, it, it really it really matters. And it sucks to see, you know, Darnold having to learn. He had, like, you know, a defensive coach and a dude who was, like, camping out in the mountains um, in his first year. And then you brought in this moron, um, sorry, offensive guru, um, and his <laughs> puppet, who's the challenge flag coordinator. And then, um, and it's just, it, he's just been put in a crap situation. But at this point, I think it, it'd be best for both to split up. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. No, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's understandable. You, I understand it. Was. You got your, uh, your, your favorite college team's quarterback, too, on your favorite team. That must be great. But, you know, that yeah. can't happen anymore. But, yeah. Oh, it, it, it's tough. It's tough watching this, you know, especially, again, like we said, you know, with him being put in a position almost to fail. It's been just a hard, hard watch for me. But I'm hoping we could turn around in the future. But going to the defensive side of the football, what are your thoughts about Marcus May, Elias? Because let me tell you something. Even though the defense has been bad, you know, at times, been very up and down, he's been one of the standout guys, you know, almost consistently every week for us, you know, whether it be in coverage, making plays, or even, you know, some of the plays he's been able to come down in the box and make from time to time too. What are your thoughts about his performance in this football game against the Seahawks? Yeah, that, that we got to resign him. That interception was awesome, man. Like, you kind of see him as a guy, you know, a lot of times they don't really make too many plays. He kind of goes, like, invisible. But that's kind of the point of his role, to, you know, be that free safety, not, you know, give up all these yep. touchdowns and stuff. Like, I hear guys being like, oh, he only had this many – I'm like, yeah, but if you watch him, you know, he's not getting targeted or, you know, he saw the coverage and, you know, he, he had some success at strong safety in that Buffalo game, kind of struggled there, can play free safety too. He's a, you know, he's a good veteran mentor to, you know, the super young secondary we got, you know, put guys in position. So, yeah, no, I, I like Marcus May a lot. We really got to retain him. Yeah, yeah. I feel kind of the same way. When you look at this cornerback position, though, man, there's some, you know, you got a young corner in Bryce Hall. He's been very up and down. Watching him against DK, he got beat for some plays. What is your assessment of him so far, you know, in his starting role this season? I like Bryce Hall a lot, actually. Like, you know, where we took him, you know, he kind of fell because of injury and stuff. And 
I'm not expect. It's very corner is probably the hardest position to transition from you know the collegiate level to yeah. the NFL. Like a lot of like mm-hmm. you know Kuda, the first corner taken, he's been struggling a bit too. But the thing is, like especially with Hall, like missed all training camp, was hurt, you know, missed majority of the you know the beginning of the season. So the fact that he's you know being a comp, you know, competent corner and like you're seeing some flashes, um, is exciting. I think he could be you know a number two corner, honestly, a starter. Like I'm not a Gus Austin guy at all. But, you know, you get mm. a new draft or sign another cornerback, and you got Bryce Hall, and then you build some depth and keep Bless Austin as, you know, fourth corner or something like that. And, yeah, um, yeah I, I like Bryce Hall quite a bit. It, you know, it, it's going to be cool seeing how many guys in this draft class become starters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see, you know, him going forward. I, you know, again, I, he's so young, and he's a guy that's really just getting – you know, after missing a couple of games of the season, he's the guy that's just getting his feet underneath him. And we've seen him have some really solid games. Of course, he's going to be, get beat from time to time. But like you said, he's a young corner that's definitely growing within the system. But then you look at the situation that we have. You know, we were out there. We were trying to rush. Russell Wilson could not get to him. How frustrated were you watching us not get enough pressure on him and not be able to sack him? Yeah, I think – luckily, I think this is a pretty simple fix. Well, not, you know – I'd say it's a simple fix because we need an edge rusher. Hell, we haven't had one in like 15 years. But um, mm-hmm. but our defensive <laughs> line can get pressure. We just need to get those those edge guys to get the you know get to the quarterback. We can't just you know rely on blitzing and stuff. Which you know the Raider game made it pretty clear. But yeah, it you know Russell Wilson. You know he's also a super mobile quarterback, so you never really expect to you know see him get sacked so much. But but yeah, getting that edge rusher is really important because I like our defensive front. Quinn Williams is a stud. Ball runs to Fadakasi's that good nose tackle can stop the run, and then you got guys like John Franklin Myers, Nathan Shepard, guys like that, you know, to rotate in good depth there. So yeah, I think we, I think we could, you know, see this line be really improved next year with you know help on the outside. Yeah, I think that's going to be a big another big point for us as well. Again, I'm not. I'm not necess- it depends on how much capital that we have. Again, we're going to talk about the options in the off season. Off season right, will be right. a blast. <laughs> oh my oh, god. For sure. No that, no losing in it, the off season. <laughs> I mean, yeah, isn't it always taking, a blast yeah. us in the off season? Yeah, it's always a blast oh, for us that's in the, the off one time season. Where we season feel goes. like we can win. <laughs> yeah, we, we so get hyped like, up. Uh, you know, this year this year after exactly. the seven and nine and boy was I wrong. <laughs> I mean, you know, it depends on how many options that we have as far as, you know, picks, capital, depending on what we do in the draft. But I think that we definitely need to look at some point, immediately, honestly, we have to get a pass rusher. We have to get a legitimate pass rusher. And we're not talking about a safety that you think is a pass rusher. I mean, an actual pass rusher. It's it's, it's insane. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of of the blitzer, uh, speaking of the blitz boy, that's what they call him now. Jamal Adams had oh, yeah. some comments. Worst yeah, movie. Jamal Adams. <laughs> Jamal Adams had some comments, you know, talking about his time with the Jets. And now, you know, he didn't, you know, necessarily hate anyone or anything like that. What are your thoughts about some of the comments that he made, and even him going around hugging, you know, some of the Jets staff and also some of his team or former teammates as well before the game started? So I don't know. What, did he have some new comments? I know he had the the when they lost the Giants. It's, it's tough losing to a New York team. I obviously know the dark room depression crap. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I you know he's probably still you know he's, he's still cool with the guys on the team. Probably like you know Gase said you know they they hugged and saw hi. Chumal uh, was like, all right, man, this idiot. But um, uh, I get. Does he have any new comments or anything? 
Well, he was just saying how, you know, he, he doesn't, you know, hate Adam Gaze, and it was, you know, talking about how he needed to move oh, on that, and all these things, yeah. and he just, yeah. Yeah, so, the, so those things, that, that's, that's kind of what he said there, but, you know, I looked at it like, okay. hey, it is what it is. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, nothing, man. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, you know, it kind of is what it is there. Uh, you know, the way that he, to me, kind of got his way out of here, I thought was was out of control. I never had an issue with him as far as wanting to leave, but just the things that he was doing, I think, really upset me. But another thing that upset me in this football game as well was Sergio Castillo, who's released today. What are your thoughts about all yeah. the kicks that he missed and just how he looked before we let him go? Man, it was a rough day for kickers that day because I don't know if you know the Vikings kicker also missed all of his kicks and stuff. But um, mm-hmm. no, I, the first those first couple of games, Sergio Castillo. I remember we were like, "Yo, Sergio Castillo," because he he came in when you know Ficken got hurt, and um, and then he he was playing well. And we we're like, "Yo, Castillo," and then Ficken came back it was horrible. We we're like, "Oh, screw Ficken, we need Castillo," and then he comes back and he's wow, <laughs> he's yeah. bad. But um. Uh, you know, another position. I I, I feel like I say this with everything. Oh yeah, it wasn't very good. We can always address it this off season. But um, yeah, kicker's definitely my lower end. But you still need a kicker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what a day, man! Watching him miss all those kicks, and then watching you know the the, the Seahawks kicker who used to be our kicker, who was yeah, you know pretty solid with us. Of course, Mac let him go. You know, just like he let go some yep. other guys as well. I remember. He Thanks, let go Matt. one of our kick returners. Yeah, he let go one of our kick oh, returners Andre as Roberts, well. Yeah. Yep, he let he let him go, and we we've been struggling ever since to find it. Even though in this game, I thought Ballantyne had some really solid kick returns oh, yeah, too. That big and I think return, he's a yeah. guy that we could keep for the future too as well. Do you think that? Yeah, you know, special teams is kind of this year they've been kind of cycling guys in. I remember Ashton Davis coming out of the draft. They kind of hyped him up as a really good yeah. special team player. But hey, man, if you got if you got some speed and you and you break tackles, I don't really care. Like, I'm not going to, you know, go seek out a you know player just to be a kick returner. If you could, you know, Valentine, was he a corner or something? So if he can be a kick returner and a corner and he costs nothing, then yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is, man. It's just, it's tough watching this team go out there and be as uncompetitive as we've been. I mean, it, it, it sucks. It sucks. And this game, to me, just, it hurt. This game hurt to me. And, you know, if we're going to lose, I, you know, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I understand we're not ready right now, but to go out there and just get thrashed. I want to be watchable. Life, that just. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was well, tuning up by the third quarter. Yeah. Yeah, that's what a lot of people said. Yeah, they were just done and kind of turned the game off early. You know, I'm a glutton for punishment, you know, so I watch my. In, yeah. Yeah, I watch my team all the way through, but whew, it was tough, bro. It was tough, but. Elias, I got to get back to the rest of these callers, man. I want to thank you for calling in, my friend. I can't wait to hear from you next time I have a show. Absolutely, man. Thanks for doing the show again. All right, you have a good one. Good night. You too. Let me tell you something. Elias calling in with fire, man. Elias calling in with fire again. 515-602-9639. Call in. You know what I mean? Don't curse on my show, though. I know people are upset. I know people are angry. Some people are extremely angry about us losing to Seahawks the way that we did, especially, you know, people wanted to see us beat, you know, Jamal Adams and really rub his face in the dirt. But don't call into my show, you know, cussing, because I'll get you out of here fast. 
faster than the Jets could start Frank Gore, giving more carries than uh, <laughs> Adams and Ty Johnson. Faster than that. <laughs> faster than Adam Gaze can put together a horrific game plan. That's fast. That's fast. That's fast. So before I get to the callers, I'm going to get to the callers in just a second. I'm going to go to the chat. My guys in the chat, the savages, all right? That's what I call them. You know what I'm saying? They get savage. Some guys going off in there. So, you know, we got to talk to them as well. Uh, Venom G's in the chat. Yo, salute to you, Venom G's. Venom G's says, yeah, it's the system and the coaches uh, with Josh Allen. Yeah, that's what I keep telling her. You know, Josh, I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm not here to bash Josh Allen. That's not what I'm here to do. But what I am saying is that if you look at how big of a role coaching has played in Josh Allen's career, it's been, it's been huge. It's been ginormous. It's insane. He does not look like the same guy that they drafted. He just doesn't. <laughs> he just doesn't, dude. He does not. That guy does not look like the same guy. He doesn't look as inaccurate. He's not as, you know, finicky in the pocket. He's not jumping around anymore. He's not just looking to run first anymore. He will stand back there, be calm, kind of feel the rush a little bit, feel things out. And when he needs to make a play, Oh, he will make a play. And we've seen it. But they also put talent around him, you know, so that he can do that. And we've, you know, we failed to do that with Sam. We absolutely did. Venom G's also said, and the GM also went out and put talent around him. That's a fact. That's a fact. He also did that, too. He did that, too. So, salutes to everybody, you know what I'm saying, all the savages. John Lanter, you know, Venom G's, Dark, Junior Rudy, everybody in the chat, man. Just everybody. Port Waite. You know what I'm saying? Everybody in there, Cliff Hopkins, we're going to keep coming to y'all, man. We're going to keep coming to y'all because y'all making some great points. Y'all making some really good points. But I got to get back to these callers. Next up, I'm going to talk to my guy, Steve, man. I'm going to talk to my guy, Steve. I want to hear what Steve has to say about what he saw against the Seahawks team. Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you for calling in. What are your thoughts about watching the Jets lose to the Seahawks? 40 to 3. Oh, you know something, Joe? Well, first of all, it's good to talk to you again. It's just that, listen, I knew the Jets were going to lose on Sunday because I knew Seattle is a better team than the Jets Mm -hmm. are. But I didn't expect us to get killed that bad like how we did. Uh, Honestly, like the way how they came out, I mean, after the first drive of the game and after when Marcus May – made that incredible interception on, on Russell Wilson. When, when, when Marcus May had perfect coverage on DK Metcalf in the end zone, let, let me mm-hmm. tell you something. And after when that happened, we basically played flat throughout the whole entire game. It's just bad coaching continuously again. It's bad coaching. Players not being prepared. Listen, Darnold just looked absolutely terrible in that game. And he should have had three interceptions. And the only other thing that that really, really bothers me is that, God damn you, Adam Gates, if you know that you're a veteran coach, after a play when Braxton Berrios made this catch towards the end of the first half that ended up going out of bounds, why in the hell are you calling a timeout when the the clock literally stopped, when, when the clock literally stopped and you call a timeout? It doesn't make any sense at all, and unfortunately, we have to deal. We have to still deal with that stupid clown. For yeah, black yeah. I, I mean, unfortunately, 
It's just yeah. that it, it, it's it's mind boggling, Steve. I, it, it absolutely things. blows me away the fact that we, you know, we're watching him. You know, we didn't fire him. We should have fired him last year. We should have fired him early this year. The the signs have always been there. We're not getting rid of him. Hell, we fired Greg Williams before we fired before, before he, you know, is going to get fired. That's just mind boggling to me. But I want to go back to something that you talked about, and you really, you know, are bringing a fire. And again, I want to thank you for calling in. You talked a little bit about Sam Darnold, how rough a day he had. And I want to get your thoughts on this, Steve, because let me tell you, the media is all over him. They're not giving, you know, as much uh, heat to, to Adam Gaze as they should, but they're all over I Sam Darnold. Media, We've seen, Joe, you know, people asking questions constantly. But do you think, in your mind, you know, are you done with Sam Darnold? Is, that, is, this, is this it? Are you tired? Are you ready to move on? Or do you think, hey, you want to see the rest of the season, you know, play out just a couple of games that we have left? And then you'll make your decision then on whether you want to move on from him or not. Yeah, before before I get into that, you know what it is, Joe? I think the media is afraid to talk to Adam Gates. I think the media <laughs> is afraid to talk to him. I think that's okay. the first thing. I think they're afraid to talk to him. And, and let me tell you something. You know, yesterday Sam Darnold said this in his conference call yesterday. You know, mm-hmm. he wants to be here. He loves he loves the Jets organization. He loves the Jets fans. I mean, he wants to be part of the Jets for his for the rest of his career. It, it, but mm-hmm. the thing is, Joe, about this situation, the way how he played in Seattle on Sunday, it, 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 it he doesn't deserve to have another shot right now with the team after the season. I mean, listen, yes, Oof. he still has three more games to prove against the Rams, mm-hmm. Browns, and Patriots, but. The thing is, though, Joe, is that as much as it would really, really hurt me, and if we would have to trade Sam, and let's say if the Jets do end up with the number one pick, and if they do end up trading Sam to one of the five teams that they were talking about, I mean, they were talking about Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Chicago, uh, Indianapolis, and there was one other team. I forgot who the other team was that they were talking about. But here's the thing, Joe. It would break my heart if we have mm-hmm. to do this. But here is the thing, Joe. If this, this, this guy, Trevor Lawrence, that I've watched what he has done, Joe, this mm-hmm. and the Jets end up getting the number one pick, Joe, you can't say no to Trevor Lawrence. You absolutely okay. cannot. You, you, you can't say no to this kid. I mean, listen, okay. it's just now Now, the only thing is what really needs to happen is the first thing that needs to happen is whether we make a decision on Sam after when the season is over, the first thing you do is, is get Adam Gates out the door. Christopher Johnson. Of course. And that's the other thing yeah. before you say something, Joe. I don't understand how in the hell Christopher Johnson and Joe Douglas could watch this kind of a game watching the Jets get blown out each and every week. I mean, they haven't been getting blown out the last couple of weeks except for the game on Sunday. So, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, well, I'm convinced. I don't think they watch the game. (laughs) Uh, You know, know, the second I saw Christopher Johnson call Adam Gaze a brilliant offensive mind, I said, oh, you don't watch the game. (laughs) You don't watch the game. You you just own the team. You You don't watch the game. (laughs) <laughs> I'm good. I'm good on you. I'll never need to hear from you again. You don't watch the games, but you know, Steve, I, I respect your, you know, I respect your take. I respect your take there on Sam Darnold. You know, 
it, it kind of is what it is. I just want to hear out everybody's, you know, take on him and opinion. Um, I'm a guy, you know, again, I've said it before. I'm not, you know, I'm not, if we do take Trevor, I'm not upset, you know, but I just think that there's something there. And I think that if we were to do more, especially if we get the right guy in here, the right head coach, you know, that can turn things around, we've seen coaching really change players for the better and help them. And that's what you need to do with young quarterbacks. And I don't yeah. think we've done that enough. So yeah, it's, just, it's, it's tough, man. You know, it's Joe, really, let's really tough when you look at the situation. I want to I want to give you a chance now to talk a little bit because I know we would have a chance to talk more about this in the off season. I mean, listen, mm-hmm. Adam Gaze, no matter what, has to go. But when he yeah. does go, here is my next question to you. Now I know we spoke about this one time a couple of shows ago, but I wanted to give you a, just a little bit of a thing about guys who are head coaching candidates for next year. Now I know we spoke about Eric Bieniemy because I know that, that listen. That's the guy who Jet fans really want to be the next coach. He would be, the, like, one of the people next. You want my opinion on the next head coach? If Eric Bieniemy doesn't become available, the one guy I would love the Jets to get is Arthur Smith from Tennessee. Because, Joe, yeah. let me tell you something about Arthur Smith. The way how he changed Ryan Tannehill's career – after when Ryan Tannehill was in Miami, and look at what he's done with Tennessee. If you mm-hmm. look at what he is doing with Tennessee, he, he really revamped his career. I am telling you, Arthur Smith, I think, is one person you need to get into the office. Talk that talk. Steve, you know, I've talked about that. I literally brought that up. That was one of my points. And it's a great take that you have right there. I said some of the same exact things. You know, I, I said, I, you know, the next coach, and, again, we'll talk about this a, a lot more, especially in the offseason, especially after Gabe is fired, which he should be fired immediately after the season is done. No, um, Joe, I've talked Joe, about Arthur Smith. I've talked about um, other coordinators as well that have worked with, you know, either young quarterbacks or, you know, rehabbing or, or revamping a quarterback that people thought, you know, was said and done in, in, in Ryan Tannehill. So I've, I've definitely talked about that, and that's a great take there, Steve. That's a great take. But I want to go to the defensive side of the football with you really, really quickly okay. um, before I let you go. But what are your thoughts about Marcus May? Is he a guy that we should, you know, immediately be trying to resign and extend to stay here? He is the one person that I think deserves a contract extension. And, you know, he's not very cocky like Jamal Adams is. Let me tell you mm-hmm. something. Marcus May is one of the leaders on that team. Ever since mm-hmm. after Jamal Adams left the team, he has really, really, really revamped as a leader. He really, really mm-hmm. has. His game play, planning is terrific. Uh, there are times where I felt that he's been the best defensive player that we've had this year. I mean, it's him and Quentin Williams who have been the best defensive players. And, and the thing is, I like – here's the thing about the defense – I don't think uh-huh. our defense is terrible. I mean, listen, there are some things we do need to work on. Like the two mm-hmm. things that the Jets need help in the defense for the future is they need a pass rusher because we haven't had a great pass rusher since John Abraham. And mm-hmm. the other, and another thing is, Joe, they need mm-hmm. help at the corner position. It's just, listen, yes. I, honestly, what? listen, I do like Bless Austin and great I point. do respect him. But what Bless Austin did during the game, because because the thing was, there was no point of Bless Austin like doing that taunting 
during during yeah. like the towards the end of the game. And honestly, yeah. listen, I understand Blast Austin was frustrated, but there was yeah. no point of doing that. That's a fact. That's a fact. And, I mean, even during this game, we had a lot of penalties as well, Steve, that I think, you know, could have been avoided. But like you said, man, you know, we need help. We need help in a lot of positions, a lot of spaces. I mean, you know, the offseason coming, and, and we have so many decisions that we can make that could really aid in us getting that help a lot quicker, you know, first than usual. Decision so we'll see. Is getting, yeah, first decision <laughs> is getting that idiotic offensive guru out the door. When he gets out the <laughs> door, I'm going to say this. Hopefully you'll be on the unemployment line. <laughs> Steve coming with it. Listen, Steve, I want to thank you for calling in tonight. You are fired up. I loved it. I know you won't gaze out of here. I do as well. You have a good night, my, my man. I don't want to, again, I want to thank you for calling in. Thank you, Joe. Have a good night, man. Go Jets. All right. Good night, man. Woo, Steve calling in. He said, listen, when he does get fired, I'm going to tell you, good luck on the unemployment line. Ooh, Steve, bringing the fire. Bring, that's tough. That's tough. That is tough. I'm going to keep going to these callers. Got quite a bit of new callers as well. Again, you know, I want to thank everybody for calling in. Do not curse on my show. I know it's frustrating. You know what I'm saying? I really, really do. I know it sucks being a fan of this football team at this time, but do not curse on my show. I will get you out of here. All right, I'm going to keep going with these callers. I'll come to the Savages a little bit later. Uh, 518, I'm coming directly to you. You know what I'm saying? Let me know what your thoughts is on, on watching the Jets lose to the Seattle Seahawks the way that we did. How are you feeling about, you know, the way that this football team looked against the Seahawks? Oh, they were a complete disgrace. A complete disgrace. Yeah. yeah. I am so yeah, it, tired it, of Adam Davis's pointing off all the blame on everybody else when clearly the problem wasn't Greg Williams. It's clearly Adam Gase. He doesn't know how to run an offense. He probably doesn't know how to run a hot dog stand. (laughs) (laughs) You you call it and you bring it to fire. He said he don't even know how to run a hot dog stand. Talk to me. Listen, that's a fact. Adam Gaze has been horrific this year. He's been really, really bad. His offensive play calling has been bad, and we've seen it be displayed constantly throughout this season. My, th- my, 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 my question for you, though, is what are your thoughts about the fact that we're still running Frank Gore instead of giving the young back, the young tandem that we have? Oh, I think we lost. Oh, no, we didn't lose. Oh, what, are you, what are your thoughts about the fact that we're still running Frank Gore instead of giving these you know, young back tandem it's that we have – the football. It is a straight-up embarrassment. I think, I'm hoping not, but it makes me believe Gase is in on it, and maybe there were some back feelings going on, letting him, or someone telling him he's going to stay, but just get the number one pick. Then hopefully after yeah. it's all done, they kick to the curb. But, yeah, yeah I want to see more of Ty Johnson. I, was, I, I don't even think we should draft any uh, running backs. I believe we should stick with Ty Johnson, Adams, and P. Ryan and see how that goes moving forward. Because clearly we're not going to get to see uh, them anymore if, unless Frank Gore gets another concussion. <laughs> yeah. But. I mean, and it, it's crazy because we saw so much success from him. And like you said, once he got once he got concussed, which, you know, we don't want anybody to get hurt here, but we saw this, these two young backs come in and really put some things together. And all of a sudden, 
He's back into the mix, coming fresh off of concussion. He's 37. Why are you giving him as many carries as you are? We're in a full-blown rebuild. It's just embarrassment. But I also want to get your yeah. thoughts on Sam Darnold because, especially after this game, the media has been very tough on him. You know, they're asking him questions about, you know, the future. Do you feel like, you know, you're the, you know, you should be here for the long haul? Do you feel like you're the Jets franchise quarterback? You know, do you think the Jets should move on to me? All types of things like that. After watching this game and watching the season, what are your thoughts on Sam Darnold? And are you ready to give up on him as well? I'm not ready to give up on him, but I believe his time here is done. I mean, for the benefit Mm. of him to get him into a new environment, get him away from this clown. And you know what? Hopefully he'll succeed somewhere else. But what I would like to do if we end up with the number one pick is I'd like to mm-hmm. trade down multiple times, get into stay within the top five, of course, and get a, a nice blue chip kind of player. But mm-hmm. I don't think that'll happen because the assets we could get for that number one pick, we could probably be in playoff contention within two years, especially with all yeah. the capital yeah, that, that, we have at this point. Yeah, that that's that you know that's one of my takes as well that I've talked about and it's and it, you know I don't want to go too deep because again the off season is coming and I'll talk about that during the off season, but you talked about you know trading down and saying you know probably in that top five and getting a blue chip player. So what are you doing at quarterback? Does that mean you want to keep Sam Darnold um, and you know see what he can do with the next coach, or are you just trading down and you know how are you feeling that quarterback role if you're letting him go? I would. Like to keep Darnold at a draft. Uh, what's what's that quarterback? Uh, not, not the top three. Smith or something. I believe his name was. I, I don't. I don't remember his name. But uh, yeah, if we could like okay. draft another quarterback down mm-hmm. in the depending on the capital we could get. But yeah, okay. I would like to uh, get a better quarterback and have them compete for the job. And okay. what's going on with Clark? He's been active, but he's not playing. What is this crap? Yeah. Yeah, that, that was something that we were going to definitely talk about as well. And, and you know, we kind of – we've been talking about this constantly, especially with the young guys being shown. Bryce Hall finally, you know, being put out there as well after we got rid – you know, after we moved on from the corners that we had. And he's being shown. We're seeing young – you know, young guys being moved around as well. Clark is a guy that we're all looking for too. I know some people are even screaming for Morgan at this point. They want to see him as well just to see what we can get out of these young guys. But I don't know what's going on with Clark. I don't know why he's not being put out there. I don't understand why we're not seeing him in the lineup, especially with our offensive line changing the way that it has. I mean, look, we had Andrews in the starting lineup this week. We've seen, you know, even when Alex Lewis was healthy, we saw him struggle. You know, we've seen, you know, our offensive line at various points struggle. Van Roten, when he was healthy, he was struggling as well, too, before he went to the IR. So I don't understand why we haven't seen Clark at all. I'm hoping at some point this season we see that kid and see what he has to give us. I mean, I don't know what's going on there, but you've got to put him out there on the field. But I want to go to the defensive side of the football with you, my last question with you before I let you go. What are your thoughts about Marcus May, man? I'm looking at him, and I'm seeing a guy that I think that we should extend immediately to keep him here for some time. How do you feel about him, and what is your assessment of him this football season, and is he a guy that you'd like to see the Jets resign? Oh, yeah. Oh, without a doubt, I would like to extend Marcus May. He's He's been through the ups and the downs, which are not many ups, but you know what? He could hold his own. He's a great leader. And I, be, I believe uh, he should be going to the Pro Bowl, to be honest with you. But uh, that's a more of a popularity contest than anything. But, yeah, we definitely need to re-sign him. Not give him the Jamal Adams-type deal, but I kind of wish we'd trade yeah. him to Dallas, though. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you know, it kind of is what it is there, man. Listen, I want to thank you for calling in, my friend. It was great to speak with you. Next time I have a show, I want to hear from you, man. I want to hear from you. You are a heck of a caller, and you know your stuff. All right, yep. My name is Big Green, so look out for my calls. Absolutely. Big Green, you have a good night, all right? You too. Bye-bye. All right, peace. Ooh, listen, Big Green calling in, okay? Calling in and giving us fire. He gave us absolute fire right there. I loved it. Absolutely love it. I'm going to keep going to the line tonight. We're going to talk about this loss, man. It's tough. It's tough, you know, especially, you know, a lot of people, again, everybody's questioning Sam Darnold. Everybody wants to know, hey, you know, what's going on with him? You know, why does he, you know, does he feel like he's the future here? Some people feel like he's just not. You know, you listen to his interviews, you listen to the statements he's putting out. He feels like, you know, he wants to be here, but again, he knows it's out of his hands. It's out of his hands. It's not his call, but he feels like he's the guy. So I'm going to go to the next caller. A caller coming in, 914. I want to get your thoughts on this Jets loss to the Seahawks 40 to 3. How are you feeling after watching this football game and watching the Jets get crushed? Hello? Hello? You're on the line? Oh, yeah, sorry. Just, sorry, that noise about it. Uh, it's frustrating. It's infuriating, you know. You put yeah. so much time and passion into this team. But, you know, it's just infuriating. Yeah, it is. You know, it's, it's extremely. So it's so sad that this fact is. No, it's so sad that this is a sad but true fact that the Beatles' last live performance is newer than this team winning a Super Bowl. <laughs> it's, it's tough, man. It's tough. This team, this team is – we're in a mess right now. We've got a lot of things going on. We, we haven't won a game. I mean, we just – we can't figure things out, and it's just getting worse and worse, it seems. It's They're a just, problem. The, the, problem the, the performance on the field is so bad, and that's what it wanted to lead me to my, my next question for you is, hey, man, when you look at this situation, a lot of people got questions about Sam Darnold at this point. What are your thoughts on him? What is your assessment of him this season? And are you a guy that thinks, hey, I've given up on him, it's time to move on, or do you want to see the rest of this season to really make your decision? I just think it's time to go. I think here's the thing. If the Jets do land that first overall pick, that's going to be what draws coaches in and the opportunity Mm -hmm. to work with a guy like Trevor Lawrence. And if you try Mm -hmm. to keep him, you're making the same mistake of what happened when we hired Adam Gates. You know, you wanted – they were going to hire um, what's his name in uh, Carolina, Matt Rule. But they said Matt oh, Rule. We want they were going to hire Matt Rule. We, we want you to work with ex coordinator. And he's like, no, I want to work with my guys. And of course, what happens when you try to force something onto a coach he doesn't want? He says no, and then you're forced to settle for someone. And the last thing the Jets mm-hmm. need to do right now is settle for a head coach because you're making the same mistake twice. Well, I, I hear what you're saying there, but I think Matt Rule is more of the issue where we were trying to we were trying to we were telling him we were going to pick his coordinators, and he was like, "No." Um, when you look at that situation, yeah, no, of I, course, I a head coach coming in, he wants to work with guys that he trusts. He wants to work with guys that he gets along with. It's a lot that goes into coaching, um, but I think that it'll be a little bit easier to sell a coach on working with a young quarterback that clearly has not been coached correctly that clearly is being put in situations that 
you know, are not going to be fair for him at all. You know, put, put in a situation where he can't succeed almost, especially with the, the, the style or level of play calling that we've seen so far. So I think you can sell a coach on a little bit on that more than you can sell him on, you know, picking his coordinators from him. But I, I hear your takes there. And, I, you know, I understand. I understand a lot of fans are, are ready to move on from Sam Darnold. I get it, um, especially with it looking like for sure we're going to have the number one pick because, you know, a lot of people saying that we're not going to win one game this season, you know, so – it is what it is there. I don't, I don't, I don't think, I know some people are thinking Bill will throw the game to stick it to the Jets, but I think mm-hmm. because he's trying to chase Bill's all-time win total of 347 that he won't throw the game. Mm. Well, you know, I don't know yeah. about. <laughs> this is just yeah, I don't know about. You know, yeah, it like, is it's frustrating. This is all frustrating because of, you know, Chris, Christopher Johnson indecisiveness you know yeah. instead of cleaning house in 2018 like you should have you a fact. do a hack job and this is what you end up with mm-hmm. you end up with yeah, the anti-coach you end up with the anti-coach and the fact that he called to call Adam Gase an offensive genius is like calling Domino's fine <laughs> example of the Neapolitan pizza craft <laughs> I, you know he that that all of that you know again like you said as well he should have cleaned house he should have got rid of him he should have got rid of Bowles and McCagnan immediately after that season even keeping McCagnan around was one of the worst decisions the Jets made because you allowed a guy that you knew was not good at making decisions for your franchise to literally tie up capital and continue to make decisions for your franchise's future even though he wasn't going to be there I mean that's just that's just mm-hmm. idiotic stuff I mean just completely ridiculous I, and you know. The Johnsons yeah. are what the Johnsons are, and that's why we are where we are. You <laughs> know, to be honest, because yeah, no. we're, we're ran so piss poorly. I mean, it's it's mind blowing. But my final question for you before I let you go, I got quite a bit of callers on the line. Again, everyone, please be patient. Yeah. I'll get to everybody tonight. But no. I want to get your thoughts on the assessment of the young Bryce Hall. You know, a young corner that we got. The guy's going out there. He's playing hard. I know some people are kind of. Not banging on him, but they want to see him, you know, play a little bit better, a little bit cleaner, a little bit more, you know, sooner. Uh, but what is your assessment of him so far in his play? And do you think he's a guy that maybe we can look at counting on as a number two corner or, hell, maybe even number one corner if you feel strongly about him next year? Um, well, I think, you know, he's shown plenty of promise. And, you know, when you consider the fact that, you know, had he come out the year earlier, he would have probably been a, a day two pick in the second round. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, of course, the injury is what dropped him all the way to five. So the potential is there. You know, he, he was thought of, he was that highly thought of at one point. So I really have a lot of faith in him going forward to be at least a number two corner. And I really, I really like his game. You know, he's 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 young. You know, it takes some time to adjust to the to the NFL. You know, but given time, and I think with the right coaching next year, we can see a lot more out of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, man, I agree with your take right there. That was a great take. Listen, I want to thank you for calling in, my friend. It was great to speak to you tonight. Next time I do a show, man, I want to hear from you. You were a heck of a caller, and you know your stuff. Oh, yeah, well, well, this is Vinny from Peekskill, New York, the original home of the New York Jets. Yeah, absolutely. You have a good night, Vinny. All right. Peace. Let me tell you, Vinny called in, and and, – Vinny spit that fire. Let me tell you, Vinny spit that fire. He knew what he was talking about, my friend. He knew what he was talking about 
a lot of great takes. I understand a lot of people are, you know, ready to move on from Sam Darnold. I get it. You know, I get it. Especially when you look at the way that the Jets offense has looked. But, uh, you know, we just got to keep going. So I'm going to keep hitting these lines. Next up, I'm going to go to Sean. I know he already ready. You know how Sean do when he calls it, bro. <laughs> I don't know if y'all know, but Sean, you know, that's a wild boy. I ain't going to lie to you. After Sean, I'm going to come to 862. You know what I'm saying? We're going to come to you. Salute to the savages in the chat. I'll be with y'all in a second. But I got to get to my guy, Sean, man. Listen, Sean. Sean's calling in. You already know Sean's ready. He ready to go. Yes, sir. Sean, thank you for calling in, first off. Second off, give me your thoughts about watching this Jets team lose to the Seahawks 40-3. to three. I had to keep I had to keep flipping the channels back and forth. I was disgusted by it. It was terrible. It was terrible. I was like the whole it was even worse when you watched the kicker miss three field goals. He missed mm. three field How do you miss three field goals? How? What are we doing? And they were all makeable. They were all, you and know, from from Yeah. It's just mind blowing. At what point do you even try the punter at kicker? <laughs> you know, like it, this. Yeah. It, this is ridiculous. This is this is just you know, like I don't know. This coaching staff needs to go. You know, um, yeah. you know when we were talking about Sam Donald, and I know I was listening when you're saying about everybody wanting Sam Donald to go, and my mm-hmm. take was, yeah, Sam Donald to leave. I honestly think it's it's uh, some players are able to come out of college and they don't need that much coaching because they just have that talent, that that raw talent. With Sam Darnold, he needs a little bit of coaching. I feel like he is a good quarterback. He just needs good coaching. And he made a but, mistake of – Sean, so like, listen, like, and I hear you. You know, I hear you. But here's the deal. Every quarterback needs coaching. I don't think there's any uh-huh. college quarterback that comes out of – it may not seem like that, because some quarterbacks just ascend because their coaching is so good. But every quarterback mm-hmm. needs coaching. Everyone loves Aaron Rodgers. I love, let me tell you, I love Aaron Rodgers. Like, I love Aaron Rodgers. He was a cow. Like, that, that guy was phenomenal. But Aaron Rodgers didn't get picked number one in the draft. He was lower than that, right? He goes, I remember that draft like it was yesterday. I remember people saying that there was not a franchise quarterback in that draft. I remember that. And I remember that when the, when the Packers took him, he was in there. He, he worked with Mike McCarthy was there working with him at a, at a point in time and helped him ascend. He helped, he fixed his mechanics. He helped him, you know, get his throwing motion in order. He helped his release. He became a faster thrower. Now, again, to a lot of people, that doesn't sound like much, right? That doesn't sound like anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, he just fixed his mechanics. He just, you know, fixed his timing. Oh, he just made a, a faster release so he can throw quicker in the NFL. That means everything. That means everything. Yeah. If every quarterback had great mechanics, if, if you could get a coach, you know, coach, you know, Joe Blow could literally fix every quarterback's mechanics, fix their release timing, and also, you know, get them to understand the game a little bit quicker and cleaner. Dude, the, the league would be filled with unbelievably great quarterbacks. You know what I'm saying? But that's yeah. not what, <laughs> sadly, and we're seeing it. <laughs> that's not how it works. <laughs> oh, my it's God. That's, that's not how it works, right? Because, <laughs> uh, uh, this guy we got here, uh, you know, I don't know if he could boil water and chew gum at the same time. <laughs> this guy is horrific. <laughs> like, 
Adam Gaze is terrible. But going back is that I understand that a lot of people look at these situations. Even you look at Russell Wilson, that guy has been, you know, he, he was drafted and put into a situation with a franchise that is, They've coached him extremely well. They've put things around him. And I hate going outside the division. That's why I always stick to the division. And I talk about Mm -hmm. Josh Allen is a perfect example of this, Sean. He's a perfect example. I remember when he was drafted. I remember when he was drafted. And we all laughed because we were like, this dude, yeah, he's got a great arm. He's got a howitzer. But he's going to be throwing the ball into the stands. He's going to throw the ball. Hell, he's going to throw the ball to Jersey. <laughs> We're going to be able but, to catch Josh Allen's football. He's so inaccurate. But, but if you look at him right now, you cannot tell me that coaching has not impacted him greatly. Here's a guy that was coming out of college that need, needed more coaching than damn near anybody, any, any of the quarterbacks that came out. People were talking about no. how wildly inaccurate he was, how bad his mechanics were, how he was always thinking as being a runner first. A lot of people talked about that, but look at him now. Mm-hmm. Look at now. That, that yeah, team he, they got he, up there in playing. Buffalo. He's John, is he? Talk to me. Like, I'm telling you, he, he looks, he's he does not look like the same guy they drafted. Does it? So, yeah. coaching matters, Sean. Coaching matters. Go ahead. Let me ask you a question then. How do you feel about Brian no. Dable? How do you feel about Brian I like Dable? Him. I feel like Dable is a, is a, is a great candidate. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I, I feel like he would, he would come in and, and, uh, and demand respect right away. And he obviously, yep. you know, he, he changed that whole offense to fit his, his whole scheme. You know, Josh yeah. Allen was terrible. We all said it. Josh Allen was, I thought Josh Allen was going to be worse than Josh Rosen, you know, but he turned around now he's right there with Lamar, Lamar. He's right there with Lamar. You know, I think honestly, those are probably the top two quarterbacks out of that whole draft. Those two guys mm. right there, you know, Baker Mayfield slowly coming, but you know he has a lot of weapons around him. Josh Allen and and Lamar don't have that great of a of a offense around them. You know, like like Baker well, does. I Baker has. A, I disagree. What you think? Josh Allen has a great a lot of weapons more than more than yeah. Uh, he's got Baker Mayfield? listen. He he doesn't. No, let me let me let me be clear. I do think that Baker has you know has great talent. Like let me be very clear. He mm-hmm. does. Landry, when Odell Beckham is healthy, you know, we all know what he brings to the table. He's, that that mm-hmm. offense is loaded with talent. But I'm not – Josh Allen's uh, offensive squad is not bad either. Like, he's got guys. I know people don't think of, uh, you know, John Brown and Cole Beasley as like these all-stars. They're not like all-star wide receivers, but they're solid but they guys. They're guys – Yeah, they can huh? Yeah, they, they can, can make, make plays. plays but yeah, then they... guess what they did, though, Sean? Guess what they did? They went and got that boy Diggs. Remember, because they was all – everybody – what was everybody saying about them the year before they got digged? Everybody was like, yeah, they got some nice guys. They got a solid cast, but they don't have anybody to really take them to the next level. They don't have a number one. They don't have a guy that they can go to when all the chips fall down, like what we saw when Cole Beasley and John Brown would face those top corners when they were trying to get into the playoffs, when they were playing real playoff teams. Or, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and they get there, and then those corners would lock down on those guys because, again, they're slot mm-hmm. guys, they're solid number two guys, but they're not number one guys. Dude, what did they do? The first thing they did, they said, oh, we're not playing these games. <laughs> we got a guy mm-hmm. who's on his rookie year deal. We about to cash in. They immediately went and got Stephon Diggs. I don't think that that Buffalo offense is uh, a joke at all. I think that Buffalo offense yeah, is serious business, and they consistently show people on a weekly basis 
I mean, that defense is phenomenal. Don't even get me started. I'm not a Bills fan. And uh, everybody that's a Bills fan that'd be calling in trying to get me to be a Bills fan, thank you, but no thank you. I'm wearing green. <laughs> I've made my decision. But the, <laughs> the point is that uh, that team is phenomenal, and that offensive you know, squad is phenomenal too. So I disagree there. I think that Josh Allen does have a very solid offensive roster around him, but I think the bigger thing, again, we go back to coaching, he has a very solid system. And he is being coached extremely well because he has been taught, you know, if you look at the system that they run, he's a, he's a threat within the system as well, not just from his arm, from his yep. feet too. That, that's yep. why it works so well. When they run those RPOs, those run pass options, when they run all that other stuff where he, you know, he, he fakes the handoff, you're afraid because yeah. you have to account for him as well. Exactly. You have dude. to account big for him dude. as well. Yeah. yeah, you have to run. You have to account for him. You can't just go, oh yeah, he gonna hand that off. And it's great that you brought up Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson is being coached the exact same way. When they they built mm-hmm. that offense around his skill set, the first year he, when he was there, they were running a lot. They didn't ask him to throw too too much because he wasn't he wasn't just ready yet. But boy oh boy, as he continued to grow and mature within the offense, even that season, we started seeing them roll out things more within the offense allowing him to take care of more things going forward. And look where he's at now. And that system is built around his skill set. And I think that that's what we've done here. We've done a grave, uh, the the biggest mistake that we've made, we made a grave mistake hiring Adam Gaze because his offensive system does not fit Sam Darnold. It don't fit nobody. (laughs) It it don't fit me. It don't fit you. Go ahead. Go ahead, Sean. It don't fit nobody. that that's that's the that's the biggest issue right there with with Sam Darnold's situation right now. It's to a point where it's like you know you look at the cap space. You look at you look at if you go forward with Sam Darnold, he doesn't succeed. Now you have all that pressure of you missed that number one draft pick. You should have took yeah. you should have took uh, Trevor. You know you have all these speculations going on, and it's like you know what, I might as well just start fresh, what they should have done from the jump, and and then everything would have been fine. But since you put mm-hmm. everybody in a hard position, you have no – you're in a position where you have to just start fresh. You're going to – you know, Joe Douglas came into this position. He didn't draft Sam Darnold. He doesn't want to deal with everybody in the media. You know, so at this point, yeah. if I'm in his situation, I would understand too as well. You know what? Let me go get Tre- let me go get Trevor. Let me go get let me go get a coach. Let me let's get this coach to pick his squad, and then start from there. A clean slate because I think Den- Denzel Mims to me could be a number one. We need like uh, a Rogers from Clemson. You know, get one of his wide receivers from Clemson or one of his running backs from Clemson. You know, get him comfortable in there, and then maybe like because I was even thinking about even with the draft. I know where I'm going ahead, but I was even looking at like a Trey Smith because we need a guard. And maybe we can draft mm-hmm. uh, Thune from the Patriots. You know, put Thune over there next to next to uh, uh, left tackle Makai, and then put uh, Trey Smith from Tennessee next to uh, our right tackle. You know, and mm-hmm. you know, just keep our center. You know, but we also because I honestly think with this coaching staff, even with our, uh, our offensive line coach, he's terrible. He's yeah. terrible, oh, man. You know, like if it wasn't for talk Makai that talk. having that, if it wasn't for Makai having that ability to actually play well, you know, like look at how he's developing everybody on this offensive line. How is everybody that yeah. bad? 
Everybody said, and even with even with the cornerback, even with the cornerbacks, I see, I see these corners. We need corners, but at the same time, they don't even go for the ball. They're better at no. tackling. You know, it's like you look at everybody saying Bryce Hall, Bryce Hall, and I understand. You know, if he didn't get hurt, he could have been a high draft pick. But his his, I don't even know the way he plays. He doesn't look like he knows what he's really doing out there. Like he needs to be mm. somebody needs to teach him better techniques because it doesn't look like he knows what he's doing out there. And then there's no discipline. Yeah. You know, with like the like the last caller said, why is he sticking out his tongue for? You know, costing us costing us yards and a penalty for what? What is what are we doing? We're down. You're down by you're down. We're losing. We lost the game already. It was like what? Nine, what was it, seven minutes on the clock? Why are you sticking your tongue out for it? Yeah. Like, it makes no sense. Yeah. Like this, and then you see Gates just sitting on the sideline. And then when you get to these press conferences, it's like you hear the same repetitive, I have to look at the, I have to look at the, I have to look at the uh, playbook. I have to look at this. I have to look at that. We have to get better. What do you say to your team? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Everything is always repetitive, repetitive. And it's like we're 0-13. Why are we running the ball still? And why are we – what are we doing with Frank Gore, bro? You release Desir, you release all these players, but you can't, you can't release Gore? I don't get it. Why are you keeping Gore? Put Gore somewhere else with a contending team that is going to play for the playoffs or something. I don't understand. Why are yeah. you keeping Gore? What is he doing? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's mind boggling. I don't understand why they're still running him the way that they are. Like you said, I mean, I know you want to release him, but I, I have no issues with keeping him if we put him on the bench. But, dude, they're giving him carries like he's 22. <laughs> like, they're exactly. literally giving him carries like he's going to be here the next five or six years. It's insane. Exactly. Because I feel like that's the only thing that Gase has in somebody that actually believes in his playbook. Nobody else believes in his playbook. You know, like, I, I just feel like this team, the offense quit on Gates. And obviously now you're starting to see that the defense is quitting on, on Frank Bush. You know, like, even though yeah. even though uh, I feel like uh, Williams was, uh, he did a, a terrible call against the Raiders that game, you know, at least they played hard for him. Because this game, this defense was nowhere to be seen. Like, it was just atrocious. You know, like, yeah. you made one play with May. And that, and then that was it, you know. Like, and then God, now we're gonna see the Rams just run all over us, you know. Yeah. Like, it's it's gonna yeah. be terrible. Like, I think the team just they finally are like, you know what? I might not be back, or these this coaching staff might not be back. So I'm just it's whatever, you know. And you know, Quinn yeah. Williams he had a season as well, but at the same time, it's just like I think everybody just quit. They're just waiting. Yeah. They mailed they mailed it in, you know. And Sam Darnold yeah. with Rich asking those questions, you know, he's – I give it to Sam. You know, for somebody that has to handle all these questions, I give it to him because, you know, I would have started throwing people under the bus already because <laughs> it's not that bad. You know, I would have pulled the Keyshawn Johnson, honestly. You know, I would have really pulled the Keyshawn Johnson. It's, wow. this, is, this is This is <laughs> – this is terrible. Sean said, if it's going bad for me, it's going bad for you, too. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know? Come on. It's just like, you know, I want to be a Jet for life. Come on, bro. Like, seriously? Like, come on. Oh, my goodness. 
<laughs> you know, after well, that, I would have hit him with, you know what? I would be gladly for somebody to trade me out of this place, please. Because even, even, even uh, Jamal Adams was happy hugging his coaches and everything, you know. Like, come on, man. Nobody want to play for Gase, man. It's obvious, man. Gase needs to go. The gas is not there anymore. It's done. Yeah. Gase is gone. Yeah. He is yeah, hot garbage. You know. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, he is. He is. It's just, it's it's so mind-boggling that we, you know, <laughs> we're still dealing with this situation. I mean, it's it's mind-blowing. But my final question for you, Sean, and again, I want to thank you for calling in. I got quite a bit of calls and I got to get to them. Uh, when you, you talked a little bit about Marcus May and just seeing him out there. Is that a guy that you want to see the Jets resign immediately? I mean, when you look at the situation here, he's been one of the you know, better playmakers on the defense, even though things have been very up and down this season. Is he a guy that the Jets should extend immediately? Now, I say yes, but if I'm Marcus mm-hmm. May, you think I really want to go back to a losing season or go to a rebuilding team, you know, at this point? Like, I've been with the Jets for three years. I know the most he could probably get is about, I'm thinking about seven, eight thousand. I mean, seven, eight thousand, seven, eight million a year. Seven, eight million. You know, Mm-hmm. Yeah, ten million is too much, you know. But he'll probably test the market. But if I'm really him, I would leave, man, because you mm-hmm. know, like they just start a whole new regime. Because Marcus May, he's he's been playing, he's been playing his, his he's been playing really great. But if I was him, I would leave too, because it's just, you know, what are you gonna sell him? You know, what are you gonna sell the kid, man? He's been with three losing yeah. seasons, you know. Like you can't you can't blame the kid, you know. So I don't know. Maybe he will stay. He is a tremendous leader, and he's been playing really well. But you know, I would only offer him seven, eight mil. You know, we need yeah. other. We we need to dish out more money at different positions. You know, but also, you know, he is a little inconsistent here and there as well. Like he makes a, some great plays, but you know, he's a little inconsistent sometimes. Some games you don't even know if he was there. You know, or he played. You know. Yeah, well, you know, some of the things he does doesn't always show up on the stat sheet. I think we could give him a little bit more than seven or eight mil, especially when you're looking at the situation we're in. But, you know, I respect your take. We'll see as a, you know, huh? Would you give him $10 million? Uh, Yeah, something close to that. I I think you'd have. When you look at what he's done, you look, bro, you watch him in coverage. A lot of the reasons why we don't give up as big plays as we probably should is because he's there in coverage. I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. A lot, no, a lot yeah. of the things that he does, they don't show up on the stat sheet. A lot of stuff that he does, um, it's it's not there. But I'm telling you, when you watch him, like especially when you watch him, you know, backpedal. He's covering guys. A lot of the guys that he's on, they just don't throw the ball his way sometimes. And and he literally and is that good at coverage. Before, go ahead. Quick question before, before I let Jenny you go. Go, go ahead. Um, mm-hmm. Do you resign Poole or you resign Jenkins? I, well, first off, I, I would look to I, honestly. I don't. We can look to resign both. To be absolutely honest with you, um, it would depend on pool situation. Um, I'm big on let's search let let's draft another corner. Um, be, but again, it would depend on the assets that we have because my offseason okay. plan, and you know that, is to trade down. So I'm gonna have a okay. a boatload of picks. I ain't worried about nothing for like at least mm-hmm. two you know two to three next year two to three years. I'm gonna have a ton of picks. So yeah. my thing is, is if we trade down and get the capital that we have, I don't see why we can't draft a young corner. I don't mind bringing back Poole. I also don't mind bringing back Jenkins as well. We have the money to do that. We have a ton of money under the salary cap. Even if the salary cap lowers, and again, I think people need to also keep their minds on that when they're talking about spending money. And that's something we'll talk about 
as the offseason, you know, happens, because I'm, yeah. I'm going to continue this show, but with the salary cap loan, we'll still have tons of money. And I don't think Jordan Jenkins oh. is a big a guy you have to spend a ton of money on. I don't think Poole is a guy you have to spend a ton of money on. But especially when you talk about Poole, you got to think about age as well. You know, he's getting up there. Yeah. And I know some people think, well, it's just one year, dude. A year in the NFL means a lot. We've seen yeah. players look good one year, and then the next year – that 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 clock ticks one, and then they look completely different. Like they just fall off a cliff. Yeah. And especially again, corners stuff like that. That's where that athleticism, speed, all that stuff really, really matters. So, but I would look to bring back both. I don't see why we can't do that. Especially the field; those are vital roles. You know what I'm saying? And if we yeah. are, you know, short on capital because we didn't make a trade down, you better get somebody in there, or you're gonna be in some trouble. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna exactly. be in some real trouble. But. Sean, I got to let you go, man. Listen, thank you for calling in tonight, bro. It was great to speak to you. Next time I have a show, please call in, man. I want to hear from you again. Yep. You'll hear from me. All right. You have a good one, man. You too. Sean calling in. Sean calling in with the absolute fire, all right? He knows what's going on. (laughs) He talks to his Jets, and he gives great takes. He gives absolutely great takes. I'm going to go to the Savages in the chat real quickly after I get done with that. I'm going to come back to the lines. 862, you're the next up. Portweight in the chat. Yo, salute to you, Portway. Portweight, full-blown savage. Full-blown savage. Portway says it's amazing to see what a great coach staff, what a great coaching staff means around a young quarterback. It's a fact. And I, I tell people this all the time. I think Jet fans have this idea of, you know, that great quarterbacks just kind of show up and then they just do their thing. Like it's like magic. Like you just draft them and then you sprinkle a little – quarterback dust on them and then they just boom they just turn into Aaron Rodgers it's not what happens that's not what happens that may be what you see but that's not what happens that's definitely not what happens you have to bring in a young quarterback groom and mature them you know what I'm saying great coaching happens great quarterbacks usually have great coaching behind them you know if they just don't appear it's not magic you have to build around them as well you have to give them weapons you have to give them playmakers and we've seen that. We've seen our teams in our own division do that. We've seen the Bills do that. We've seen the Patriots do that in the past, and they were just winning, regardless of whether who it was they were winning with. We saw them do it with Tom Brady. We saw them do it with Matt Castle. We saw them do that with various guys. We got to do the same. I'm telling you, we're going to be stuck in the same situation, the same cycle. Jamal Damon and Savage as well in the chat. Salute to you, Jamal. Jamal says the Jets may need to check in on that OC from Buffalo because he's turned Allen into a passer and not just a thrower. That's a fact. We talked about that. Coaching. Coaching matters. If you're poorly coached, I'm telling you, we've seen it. When you're poorly coached, we, our offense is horrifically coached. Look what's happening. <laughs> Look what's happening. Okay? And we had a weapon in Le'Veon Bell. Anybody remember him? He was literally a Hall of Famer before he got here, right? We were all hyped about him. He was on the offense. Didn't matter, you know? So salute to everybody in the chat. Salute to all my savages. Jamal, Portway, the Hawks family, salute to you as well. Salute to all the Seahawks fans uh, in the chat right now. Salute to y'all. You know what I'm saying? I respect everybody. I respect y'all. You know what I'm saying? But it's green over here. You know what I'm saying? We, we believe green over here is Jets, Jets, Jets all the time. So, it is what it is, you know what I'm saying? We keep it, we keep it real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let them know, respectfully. So, 862, I'm coming to you, though. We're going to get back to the line. Salute again to all the savages in the chat. Um, you know, keep typing. I'm going to come back to y'all. But uh, 
I'm going to get to this 862 salute to you. I'm coming to you, and I want you to give me your thoughts. Can you hear me? Losing, yeah, I can hear you. I want to give me. You want you to give me your thoughts on the Jets losing to the Seahawks, forty to three, man. How are you feeling after watching this? Oh, you're kidding me. Uh, the one thing I want to tell you is I'm old school, and what I mean okay. by that is I go back to the seventies. I'm mm. fifty-eight years old. I've been watching this abuse for decades. Okay. Oh man. And I mean, I'm decades. sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. No, decades. Okay, I remember when Joe Willie won, I had a, uh, I got his uniform from a Sears store, and Ooh. the part that gets to me was I, I had that, I had Joe Willie Namath, I loved him. But the part that gets to me about this loss is I can tell you we've had abusive losses before, but mm-hmm. this was about as abusive a loss I've ever experienced, and I'm 58. Mm. Okay. All right. You might as well have taken me to the back. First off, I want to tell you, I love your show. Uh, Oh, thank you. Right, right. And I love you because, you know, like, you know, what's just so funny is that the Jets were the very first, one of the first teams that were African-American friendly. And Mm. I remember Matt Schnell and, you know, like uh, Winston Hill. uh, These are the classic players. We were way ahead of the NFL teams in terms of mm-hmm. integrating football. And mm-hmm. I love that about you because, you know, if you're, if you, if you love football, we had, I think of all the great players, Freeman and McNeil, one of my favorite players mm-hmm. of all time, uh, Al Toon, if you remember him, um, yeah. these were great players. Great players, mm-hmm. and the part that bothers me about this is that we got abused. And here's the thing I want to tell you about the Sam Darnold thing. Sam Darnold is not the issue, okay? Mm. I watched him play okay. a game where he was the only person there. So I'm up for trading down, getting – and this is the part. I did this before I called you. Over the past okay. 20 years, only one player has been the worth the number one pick, and it's still Peyton Manning. Okay, go ahead, Mm -hmm. look. Okay, the best quarterback of the draft with Andrew Luck was Russell Wilson. Mm. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. The best player of the last 98, so that's 22 years ago, is Peyton Manning. He's the only one who is number one. I don't care what Trevor Lawrence or whatever, uh, at the end of the day, if you look at it, we trade down, do a Herschel Walker thing, get like two number ones, two number twos, a number three, and we would be there because Mikhail Becton's the best left tackle I've seen since. Uh, probably the Brigger Shaw. Uh, no. That's probably. And I, know, I, don't, I know we're not putting that. I'm not putting that on him. I want to be very clear. I know you're not either. <laughs> I want to be very clear to the no. listeners. Uh, we are not. I am not. He is not. I don't believe he is calling. Uh, calling. Uh, you know, our, our our rookie left tackle, DeBriggershaw Ferguson. We're saying that he looks really good, and he's probably the, he is the best left tackle we've had since DeBriggershaw. That's what we're saying. But yeah, right. you know, I, I, I no see that, and that. I see that I'm he is phenomenal. You. Go ahead. No, I'm telling you, that's the best left tackle I've seen since Orlando Pace. 
Wow. <laughs> that did not add up. Okay. Orlando. I mean, you, you going big. You going, you going big. Right I'm going big. Especially. You know what? He got yeah. me twice uh, the other day. Uh, it ain't going to happen again. He annihilates oh, yeah. people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's everybody else that's the issue. And and I've been watching. Um, if you don't mind me asking, when were you born? Oh, well, you know. I was born in the 80s. I'm going to say I was born in the 80s okay. and, uh, uh, you know, uh, been a Jeff in a while. Go ahead. All right. I met my wife in 86. Ooh, okay. So, to give you an idea, I've been watching the Jets since 1969. Mm-hmm. And I've watched the incompetence. And, 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 yeah. and this is the part that bothers me. Do you know that between my birthday and 1968, at the age of seven, the Pittsburgh Steelers have had three head coaches. Three. And, and we're revolving door here. Now, I just want you to understand this. So if you're part of the Pittsburgh Steelers organization and you're a player, it doesn't matter if you're a Tony Brown, it doesn't matter if you're a Le'Veon Bell, it doesn't matter who yeah. you are, Mike Timlin's the boss. Yeah. And that's the problem. Like, I'll give you an example. Rex Ryan should never have been fired. Um, okay. In fact, Eric Mangini should never have been fired. And Todd Bowles should never have been fired <laughs> at that point. Herman Edwards should never have been fired. Because at the end of the day, when you have players that know they're going to outlast the coach, that's mm-hmm. what you have. And that's what we have right here. Yeah. Well, I, and you're making some great points. You're making some great points, and I do agree with you on, on a couple of them. Um, the Johnsons are terrible owners. We we I've talked about that multiple times on the show, and we'll continue to talk about that, especially in the offseason. And I think that that's going to be – if there is something that's going to hinder us really getting a top coaching candidate outside of, you know, the roster or something – the fact that they're the owners of this football team could be a great hindrance to us because there are going to be people that are looking at the situation going, I do not want to work for the Johnson, especially if they are going to be involved in the day-to-day football operations like we've seen in the past. And you said something amazing is the dysfunction. We've seen the dysfunction from the hell just recently, this situation bringing gays here, that was dysfunction. The way that the coaching search was ran was dysfunctional. The way that our GM was fired after being able to spend, you know, our, our, a, a ton of money in the off season as far as free agency. And then also be able, you know, to, to finish a draft and then firing him because you knew he was incompetent. That was dysfunctional. So like you said as well, we've seen dysfunction here and it's from the top of the organization. But one of the things that I'm hoping is that Joe Douglas, him being brought here, him being our general manager, the collect the connections that he has, all these things that we have, I'm hoping that he'll be able to settle that dysfunction and they'll allow him to make the decisions. And again, we're talking about a lot of stuff here, but I want to get your thoughts on Joe Douglas. Do you think that he'll be able to bring in a top coaching candidate just with his resume and people knowing and trusting him, you know, to be able to work with him to fix this franchise? Do you think that he's one of the points, one of the uh, points of attraction for a lot of head coaching candidates? Okay. I've been through this for a long time. So Mm -hmm. excuse me if I sound negative. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was born in Long Island, New York, okay? Mm -hmm. My wife told me not to use profanity, okay? Yeah. You you know, because I'm not a guy who minces words, 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Please don't I, curse on my well, story, dude. It's a family show. Please don't uh, yeah, curse yeah, on my yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You. you know, the yeah. thing that that gets to me is the greatest uh, era was Bill Parcells for four years, and yeah. people didn't realize he took a one in fifteen team with basically the same roster, the same roster, and went nine and seven. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, he took a quarterback, Vinny Verdi, and gave him its greatest season. Got to the AFC Championship game. Uh, same thing with Rex Ryan. Um, yeah. He should never have been fired. It's another question of an individual being the, uh, how do I say this, the boss. The thing is, it's, again, I go to the successful franchises in the NFL. Three NFL coaches in Pittsburgh. Okay, Sean Payton is the unquestioned leader of the New Orleans Saints. If you don't have players that understand that the boss is there, Mike Timlin's the boss in Pittsburgh. There's no debate. Correct? I mean, you're not going to tell me. Mike Tomlin's the guy. Mike Tomlin's the guy, yeah. Right. Whether the Pittsburgh Steelers fans like him or not, and – it doesn't matter with Joe Douglas. It matters whether the organization is willing to stick there and go three, four years of losing. Because I'll tell you this much. Rex Ryan was the right coach of this team. He should never have been fired. Even mm. Todd Bowles or Herm Edwards. Because mm. I watched them play. They played hard. Correct? Yeah. Now I got Adam Gaze. Tobles towards the end. I I thought that Tobles towards the end. I thought was you know he definitely had run run his course. Uh, Rex Rex, like you said, I thought I was a Rex guy. I thought he was phenomenal. But I think when they brought in John Isaac, that was the end of him. They just could not work together, and the roster just went downhill. You know, but but you're making some great points. You're making some great points about our turnover and how we don't set ourselves up for success with the way that we hire. Hell, if you even look at the situation with Kyle Bowles, you know, we're known for hiring a general manager and then we hire the coach. Or we're known for hiring, you know, the coach and then hiring the general manager. That was what we did when we brought in Mike McCagney. You know, these guys aren't, you know, aren't able to work together. We also, our structure, we're not, we're putting them on equal footing. We have both of these, you know, the coach and the GM, they report straight to the ownership. It shouldn't be like that. You should have the GM, you know, the GM should hire the coach. The coach should report to the GM, and the GM should report to the to the uh, to the owners. But that's just the not boss. the way that it's ran here. Yeah. Well, yeah. Look, I the mean, point I'm I've been watching for a long time. If you take mm-hmm. a look at organizations that are successful, there's no debate who's the boss. You yeah. go to New England, take a look at all the players they cut or traded away prior to. I watched. Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick take a wide receiver and make him a cornerback, and they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Right? That's just phenomenal. And I'll tell you this. The greatest coach I ever saw was Bill Belichick. And the season that they went 8-8. Eight and eight, And I'm going to tell everybody why. He got 8-8 eight and eight with Ray Lucas as a quarterback. 8-8. Eight and eight. It's the greatest football season I ever saw. And yeah. I'm a Jet fan, as you can tell, because I remember Ray Lucas went eight and eight. Okay. Yeah. And or when I tell people all the time is that the coach has to have validity. Mm-hmm. What if the next coach that's hired, 
it doesn't matter if Joe Douglas is the boss. It matters that they're willing to go through it and that they're going to go 10 years and say, yeah. uh, Tom Landry didn't have a winning season for six seasons mm-hmm. as a Dallas Cowboys yeah. coach. Yeah. Okay, six. Yeah. So until we go through the moment where we say we're going to commit to this and the players know that they're not going to outlast the coach, it's a waste of time. Yeah. It's Sam Darnold's yeah. not the problem. I can tell you this. He threw picks in college, and he's going to throw mm-hmm. picks now. Uh, so, but I've watched him play like um, when you were a kid. Did you ever have a player? I, I had a friend of mine. He was the best player on the team, and we would do pickup games. And mm-hmm. he was the best player on the field. That's what Sam Darnold is. He's the best player yeah. on the field. He'll throw a pick. But okay. uh, at the end of the day, we, we should trade down and, and get a host. I want Penny Sewell. Yeah, that's yeah. who I want. Yeah, look, I, I I hear you, man. And you you bring in some great points. I'm gonna have to let you go because I got uh you know some callers coming on. But it's been phenomenal to speak with you. You bring in a great point, and we'll talk about that as well going into the off season about the possibilities possibilities of the Jets shooting down and you know kind of what we could do and kind of spitball those situations. But I want you to have a good night, man. It was phenomenal speaking with you. Next time I have a show, please call in. You know your stuff, oh, man. You Thank me? you. I'm, I'm gonna call in. I love you. I love your show. So if you're willing to take the abuse, then, you know, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I love you, brother. Absolutely. You have a good night, my friend. (laughs) All right. Take care. It was phenomenal speaking. Listen, I love old Jets fans. I do. You know, I'm a young man myself. (laughs) I'm a young man myself. You know what I'm saying? Y'all see how pretty I am. Come on. I'm, you know, I'm streaming. You know, I got a face made for TV. You know what I'm saying? Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you know. <laughs> well, you know, I'm happy. You know what I'm saying? I'm a young dude. But I love hearing from uh, from older Jets fans and talking about, you know, the passion that they have, uh, you know, the love that they have for the football team and the pain. The pain is real. That's That's one of the reasons why, you know, I do this show. I love – talking to other Jets fans and hearing their perspective, young, old, you know, some Jets fans that are not from the East Coast like myself or Jets fans, you know, that are that are from the East Coast. Everybody just sharing their thoughts and passion about this football team. I love it. And he brought up a lot of great points. He did. You know what I mean? The ownership, the way this organization is run, a lot of the issues that we had in the past have come directly from that. A lot of the issues that we're suffering right now have come directly from that. Adam Gaze, not signing, you know, Matt Rule, not getting other guys in here as well, coaching candidates that we were not able to attract because they did not want to mess with the dysfunction of this football team. They didn't want to mess with the dysfunction of this franchise. I mean, you know, there was a lot of head coaching candidates. Hell, there's a lot of players that have looked at us in the past and immediately. I'm good. <laughs> the Jets, I'm good. Anthony Barr said things like we've seen in the past, you know, that we get <laughs> we get abused. And a lot of that comes from a horrific ownership and the way that things have been ran here. We can't excuse it. That was a great point that he brought up. And we'll be talking about that going into the offseason for sure. But that was a great point. Going to the savages in the chat, salute to y'all. Salute to everybody in the chat, man. You got, you folks are the greatest. 
I'm going to get to my savages in the chat real quickly. John Perez, salute to you, John. John says, hey, brother, do you think this is a two-year rebuild? I know the Dolphins came up quick. That's a rare feat. It could be a two-year rebuild, John. And I, I've, I've been telling people, that's why I put my take out there real early. I hate when people be like, oh, you copied my take. Oh, that was my take. And you, no, 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 no. I like to put mine out there early. I think that there's a possibility that, yes, we could easily do a, t- a two-year rebuild real easy. All right? But to me, it would mean that we'd have to trade that, that number one pick. We'd have to trade it, and we can get a boatload of capital for it. We can turn things around. But I think for us in particular, we have to look at the draft as being more of a viable option than free agency. Because the, you know, the, the Dolphins also used a little bit of free agency you know, to really capitalize on those situations to make, you know, to get some players that they need to come in. I know they, I remember they signed a corner uh, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, they brought him in there as well. Uh, so they've done some things. We can't, I don't think we can rely on free agency. I don't. Um, we've seen it in the past and we were better than we are right now. And not much better, but we were better. And there were players that did not want to come here. Anthony Barr, I remember we offered Kirk Cousins more money than anyone else in the league. And he said, no, I, there's so many players that we've gotten stiffed by, you know, we should, we shouldn't be looking to do that. So I do think it could be a two-year rebuild, but I do think that we have to do what it takes to acquire the assets. It's important. It's extremely important. So I'm going to go back to the lines really quickly. Uh, You know, 757, I'm coming directly to you. I want you to give me your thoughts on the New York Jets losing the Seattle Seahawks. How are you feeling about this loss, man? How are you feeling about the Jets looking the way that they did? I mean... It, I'm really conflicted because you know I'm hoping for the number one pick anyways, but um, okay. it, it's just kind of it's kind of just depressing to see how uh, things has just gone this season, and um, it's really deflating as a fan because you just look at the talent level and it's just like man, do we have we really don't have anything like other than our left tackle to be excited about for the future, uh, mm-hmm. and I, this this fan base man, you know. Uh, I originally started watching football around uh, mm-hmm. when Rex Ryan um, started coaching and stuff, and it, it okay. was real exciting, you know what I'm saying? And I guess I got mm-hmm. on at the uh, the peak time as a Jet fan, you know. Yes, uh, you did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> Let me tell you, you know, sure? I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but brother, yes, you did. You got in on the peak time because it ain't like that normally. Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, man, because uh, after this, it's kind of been a whirlwind like I've never seen before. And um, so, you know, every every season, you know, whether it's ups and downs, we normally have, like, some certain pieces to get excited about, but it's just kind of deflating this yeah. season just to see almost nothing, you know. But trying to be hopeful as a fan, because I don't like to be constantly depressing and be like, man, this, uh-huh. this team is awful all the time, you know. I hope these MMs turn out to be something uh, special in the future, hopefully. Yeah. Um, uh, I see the left tackle, you know, he, he back then, you know, he, he's, he's promising. Hopefully he's another, uh, you know, Ferguson, you know, hopefully he's another uh, mm-hmm. one of those for long term. Uh, other than that, you know, I, and I, I just want to, it's a take on you as well. Like, how do you feel about Sam Donald as well, like, versus uh, Trevor Lawrence, like, because I, I really feel like it's a waste of time to even draft Trevor Lawrence if, if we're not going to fire Adam Gates anyways. If we're not going to fire Adam Gates, then it's it's the same result. So what's the point in letting Sam Donner go, keep Adam Gates, then bring Trevor Lawrence in? Like, it's it's, it's going to be the same thing. 
and yeah. we're going to end up wasting Trevor Lawrence's career. Yeah. Well, first off, again, I want to thank you for calling in. My take is on is this, and again, we'll continue to talk about this. I don't want to go too far into the off season, but um, I said pretty much early in this season, especially when we were struggling early before you know the O and whatever we're at right now, is that I think I like Trevor Lawrence. I think he's a great talent. I do, and I, I always preference my take with this. I think he's I think he's a good talent, but I think we need so much more than him. Um, you look at our hell, look Absolutely. at our offensive line. It's horrific. It's horrific. Outside of Makai Beckton, it's it's terrible. Mind you, uh, we just brought in McGovern. We, we just got kind of Oh, McGovern. my gosh, yeah. We just awesome. – oh, he's terrible. We just got, you know, George Fantley. These guys are terrible. Like, these guys are really bad. We'll, outside of Makai Beckton, we pretty much need an entire new offensive, offensive line outside of him. All right? That's just one That's part. You look at our, our wide receiving core, you know, Perryman, I don't think – he's not a real number one. We, you know, Mims is a guy that we're we're hoping to see more out of. You know, maybe he's the number two, um, maybe he's yeah. the number one. We don't really know. We haven't, you know, he's young. We're still trying to figure it out. But we don't have anything outside yeah. of him and Crowder. You know, really, and Crowder is a, a a slot guy for sure. But can we depend on Crowder to give us big numbers? He has seven yards yes or seven yards against the Seahawks. Seven. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So it's like we need weapons. We're completely void of weapons. We don't have enough. We have nothing outside of that. We're running a 37-year-old running back in Frank Gore. And that's just the offensive side of the ball. We're not even talking <laughs> about the defense. <laughs> we don't want to go there. I don't like to run oh a the show. I try to be positive and pick yeah. everybody up. But, damn it, I'm dropping everything. <laughs> I'm dropping it all. <laughs> it's time to go down. The ship is going down. We need to, yeah. like, we need to look at that. And I understand that, that – Fans, you know, like myself, I'm a I'm a Jets fan too, and I understand it. It's great to look at the shiny thing of Trevor Lawrence. It's great to do that. I, I, I respect yeah. it. I love it. I get it. But we need to look at the bigger picture. I think that's been the if you want to the biggest problem with the Jets franchise over the past years, particularly with our ownership, they don't look at the big picture. That's why we do stupid stuff like keep yeah. Mike McCagnin. That's why we do stupid like yeah. hire Adam Gaze. Because we don't, we don't look at the bigger yeah. picture, man. We just don't. Because if you did, you wouldn't do that stuff. You, you know. And, and I think that, again, like I said, we're just talking about the offensive side of the ball. The defensive side of the ball is going to be even worse. We got so many guys on one-year deals; it's insane. Jordan Jenkins is so a one-year deal. Ryan Poole is a one-year deal. You got Marcus May that's coming up for free agency. We have no corners. We don't have a legit number one. I don't think we have a legit no. number two. We have no pass rushers. We could be without no. one of the better safeties in the entire league of free safety. What are we going to do? <laughs> are you going to mm-hmm. roll? So you're just going to draft. And this is my thought process. You're just going to draft Trevor Lawrence. But how are you overcoming the rest of that stuff? How? Yeah, because you, are you dependent I mean, on free I mean, agency? I mean, what are you man. doing? Because free agents don't want to come here. They don't want to play here. Even when we were better and we had we had the same boatloads of money, they did not want to play here. So you yeah. have to draft. And so my thought process is again looking at the bigger picture, bruh, we could shorten that window of rebuild so quickly if we get rid of that number one pick. Not only that, my my plan is almost fail proof because guess what? Even if we pick up say we pick up a, a fifth year option on Sam, right? We trade the mm-hmm. number one pick, we get three first round picks 
two second round picks, mm-hmm. two third round picks, two fourth, you know, whatever. The the haul that mm-hmm. all the analysts and everybody is saying that we could get, right? If mm-hmm. we get that back and we pick up Sam's fifth-year option and we arm this football team with weapons, I've talked about trading for Allen Robinson. I, I'm, I'm going to put this out there early because you, you, you made me do it, bro. It, this is on you. This is your fault. I'm going to let you know this. This is your fault. Okay. All right? This is your fault. Now, you, I want, I, the Bears, to me, would be a prime target for us to trade to because they're going to be garbage for years to come. They have salary cap issues, and they need to rebuild because Mitch Trubisky is not the guy. Guess what? Mm-hmm. You're going to lose Allen Robinson regardless, bro. So franchise him. Give us that, you know, those first-round picks that we need. Not three. Mm-hmm. You could give us two, Allen Robinson, and some other stuff. We'd, we'd, have mm-hmm. our, we'd have our wide receiver position shored up, right, because we got a legit number one, and we still got more mm-hmm. capital to move forward. That would set us up for real success. Because if Allen Robinson going to the free agency, I doubt he's coming here. Why would he sign here? There's no reason for him. Even if you throw boatloads of money at them, we've done that before. It don't work. They will tell us no and go sign somewhere else. So I think we have to look at – yeah, yeah, exactly. I think we have to look at the bigger picture. We have to. And the bigger picture is you need to better this football team as a whole. Oh, and like I was saying, it's fail-proof because – if, if we pick up the, the fifth-year option, if we build this team throughout the draft, we pick mm-hmm. up the fifth-year option, he has a year to show mm-hmm. us under a new coach, under new offensive, uh, you know, under a better offensive coordinator, he has a year to show mm-hmm. us, bro, who are you? Are you the guy that we yeah. saw under Adam Gaze? Or are you the guy mm-hmm. that's ascending that's getting better? And if he does not play better, if he is not showing you the things that you need to see – out of what you believe a franchise quarterback is supposed to be, then guess what? Mm-hmm. You still have the capital. You still have the pick to trade to go get the next guy that's coming out, the next good quarterback. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to have mm-hmm. some first-rounders still in your pocket. Yeah. That's yep. fail-safe. You get what I'm saying? Like, that, that, that's fail-safe. Yeah. You still have the capital. So if it don't work out, okay, throw him away and move on. Go ahead. So this basically, basically, this offseason is the, almost like one of the most important offseasons we've had in the past ten years. Absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, and nobody's talking about. It. Well, some people are talking about just, hey, we just gonna draft Trevor Lawrence, but it is absolutely, and it's, it's sad because we say this every couple of years because we're so bad and we're we've been piss poorly managed for so long. But it is absolutely mm-hmm. one of the most important offseasons we've had in ten years because we yeah. can either go up this really big hill or we could go down. Off the edge of a cliff. I think the biggest yeah, yeah. We're already there. Though, Either right we're now. gonna climb the hill, or we're gonna fall off yeah. this cliff. <laughs> y'all can, y'all mm-hmm. can figure this out. Yep. It, it it really depends on what Joe Douglas ends up doing, or how much power uh, yep. Christopher Johnson has given him over uh, Adam mm-hmm. Gates. Because if Adam Gates is still here, it's really no hope. To be honest, as, as yep. much as I hope I try to be with this team, it's really no hope because if. You, you see, he's a bad coach in, in in Miami. Why would you hire him over here just to do the same exact stuff? I, it still blows my mind to this day. I still like get up in the middle of the night just thinking about what in the world was he thinking. I, I just I, I just can't <laughs> believe it. But, I mean, <laughs> I can't, you can't believe he said it. Adam Gaze keeps him up at night. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I just I, I just don't understand it, man. I don't understand it. But um, man. It, it's, oh. it's it's real nerve nerve wracking because we we haven't made a lot of good decisions over the past years, 
So it's yeah. it's scary just to put all the stress in the front office, you know what I'm saying, just to make the right decision, man. This is very nerve-wracking. Because yeah. you don't want to be saying this over the next five years again about, man, this or, or depressed that. You know, like you want to be happy. Yeah. Uh, just or just be the team competitive. We don't even gotta go to the playoffs. I just want to just be competitive again, you know. Yeah. And, and excited yeah. about a, a couple players on the team and, and and want me to buy the jerseys and stuff. I don't want to buy nobody's jersey on the team. I don't want nobody's jersey <laughs> for free. I don't want it, you know. So it's just, it's, it's, I'm just hoping we get better, man. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm gonna go head off because I gotta uh, go into work. You know, I, was, I just had to call in before I go into work, man. I really appreciate you. Right. I love you so, man. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm going to keep tuning in for sure. Yeah, thank you so much, my friend. It was great to hear from you now and again. When I have another show, please call in, bro. You were phenomenal. You know your stuff, man. <laughs> Definitely. I will. Appreciate it, man. All right. You have a good one. You too. Ooh, listen, we got we got fans calling in. Salute to him, man. Salute and shout out to him. We got people calling in for work. He said Adam Gaze keep him up at night. Now, you know, that's tough. That's tough. I didn't have a couple nightmares. Bad play calling. Ooh, man. (laughs) Watching the Jets is a nightmare. (laughs) Watching the Jets is a damn nightmare. You know what I'm saying? Adam Gaze, man. Adam Gaze, he like Freddy Krueger. He creep into your dreams. Kill all. (laughs) He creep into your dreams and kill all hopes of you having a functional franchise. (laughs) Adam Gaze is Freddy Cougar, man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Whew. Oh, listen. Again, I want to thank everybody for calling in tonight. It was phenomenal to speak to everybody. Uh, it's tough. It's tough. Being a Jets fan is tough, man. It is tough. But listen, I'm going to start to wrap up the show. Uh, again, I want to thank everybody for calling in. It's phenomenal to speak to you folks. Listen, I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. I'm also on Twitter as well at YoungJ000. Again, YoungJ000. Go ahead. (laughs) Follow me on Twitter. I'll follow you right back. You want to troll me? No issues. I'm the troll that lives under the bridge, and I will troll you right back. No issues whatsoever. All right? I'll have my Sam Darnold jersey on as well while I do that. You know, I'm I'm hoping that, you know, he survives this season because, oh, boy, things (laughs) things are looking crazy. But, you know, I'll be there. So I'm also on YouTube as well at the Long Beach Joe Jets, okay? Long Beach Joe Jets. All right. I'm also on YouTube, so subscribe to my content. You want to troll me? No issues. I'll troll you back. Back. Go ahead and you know hit those messages. And again, subscribe. Turn on your notifications and thumbs up. You know my my streams. I love uh you know going back and forth with people and, and just talking about this team. So when you folks see me in person, all right, we got a lot going on in this world. But eventually, you will see me in person. All right. It's arms out, chest open, free hugs for everybody. All right. Free hugs for everybody, okay? I love every single one of y'all. You know, Jets fans, we having a tough time, but damn it, we're going to get through it, all right? We're going to get through it together. We surely will. So free hugs. So you folks have a good one, all right? Peace.